You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. The future comes, and now my watch begins. It shall not end until my death. I shall miss no game, withhold no news, report all rumors. I shall wear no jerseys and plead allegiance to no side. I shall live and die on my webpage. I am the word in the darkness. I am the watcher of the TV. I am the megaphone that informs the realms of geek. I pledge my hands and name to the Geek's Watch, for the Geeks and all the Geeks to come. Uh, so, to everyone listening, thank you for joining us for this overtime shift on the Geek's Watch. It's it like it's not union sanctioned. We shouldn't be working these hours, but you know what? We need them in these trying times. Yeah. <laughs> Today, we're going to be going over Wonder Woman Dead Earth, uh, a prestige format comic from DC Comics Black Label. It's Ooh, a little bit fancy bigger. kind. No ads inside because the story supports itself. Huh. And, and all, all those nice things, nice, nice words. Um, just a little bit of background on the artist and writer of this. Um, it's Daniel Warren Johnson. Um, previously, he's done comics uh, like Extremity, and uh, Murder Falcon for Image, where he's been both the artist and the writer on most of those. Um, he's done a couple of other comics that you can only get from him at conventions. Like um, there's one, I think it's called Ghost Fleet. That's a Star Wars comic that's gorgeous. But yeah, um, for this particular comic, he was working with essentially by himself, uh, his editor, and then the colorist, Mike Spicer, uh, a frequent collaborator of his. I didn't know that this was done by the same guy that did Murder Falcon. That's so cool. Murder Falcon is beautiful. (laughs) It has the best name of a comic I've ever come across. Murder Falcon is pretty fucking good. (laughs) (laughs) So um, for this one, you guys are both much bigger DC people than me. This is one of two DC things I own. (laughs) This one and Superman American Alien. So Those are the only two DC things you own? Yeah. Wow. But you've read DC stuff. Oh, yeah, I've, I've read more, but I don't even own a lot of Marvel things either at this point in my life. Okay. But American Alien is a great one to own. Right? Yes. Because American Alien itself is fantastic. For me, like, American Alien and this one kind of go a little bit hand in hand um, because of, like, the, like, I, I, don't, I don't know, the, like, the altruistic nature of both characters. Like, it's, it's both of those characters boiled down to their base elements and then put into different situations than we normally see them in. However, American Alien is a little bit like revisionist history with Superman character, and it's 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 his base element because it's the beginning of his story. Whereas this is, I don't want to say the end of Wonder Woman's story, but it's definitely a second it's getting beginning. There. Yeah, it's it's pretty close to the end. It's like the second to last chapter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the the broad strokes idea of this one is that through some kind of unknown circumstance, um, Diana was put into some kind of like some kind of sleep in chamber where she was frozen or something for a certain amount of time during some kind of apocalyptic event that we haven't had confirmed what exactly it was just quite yet. Um, 
So I just wanted to say that um, Stephen had been a big proponent of this uh, comic book for a very long time, and he had gotten <laughs> yes. me this first issue for Christmas as a Christmas gift, and <laughs> I had put off reading it, uh, not because it, I didn't want to read it, I just had been putting off reading it. I had no idea this is what the story was about. Like, reading through it, uh, I was much more surprised and definitely more intrigued. Really? I, I didn't, like, I didn't shove the story down your throat because I feel like no, that's kind of what I did with Ian talking about it. Oh, oh no, that's exactly what he did. He was like, hey, you want a podcast about this? I was like, yeah, it could be fun. 20 minutes later, he comes by and he's like, I noticed you didn't ask where to find this book so you can read it. <laughs> and he just handed them to me and then later that day I was like here you go and gave them back because I read them and they were fantastic <laughs> yeah no I, I I think when I asked it was more like you just need to read it kind of thing I'm I'm amazed at my lack of or my, my strength and resolve <laughs> and re- restraining myself I am too a little bit if I'm being honest it's, it's not usually the path I choose to take for that one Nope. But um, I guess uh, with that little bit being said, I mean, do you guys want to go into story before talking about your guys' opinions of this first issue? So far, two issues are out. Um, the third issue is put on hold because all of comics are put on hold with coronavirus. Um, so, um, And is it safe uh, to assume that you've read the second issue already? Yes, yes. Okay. And have you? Yeah, Ian also has. Oh, I'm the only one that hasn't read the second issue yet then. That's okay. okay. That's We're only fine. talking about the first one here. Okay. The people listening are, to this won't have read it either. Are, are we only talking about the first one? Yes. Yeah, only the first. Okay. Just just making sure before I spoil anything for anybody. <laughs> no future I would, spoilers. I would love by the end of this to give like predictions, um, but I assume, I mean, you guys would already know what's going on in the second issue, so. I mean, we can still talk about predictions because we're only two issues in. But it's only three issues long. It's not, no. Oh, I thought, I thought that's what you no, said. No, it's just that would be the next one to come out. Ah, uh, okay. But like that one, uh, as far as I know, I know at least four issues exist in this run, but I think it's probably another more than that, okay. if not like six or something. Okay, gotcha. But yeah, I, I think we could probably give like top level predictions on stuff. Okay. Yeah. So what is a prestige format? Um, they've been doing those a lot recently. There were those ones. Um, it was the they did a Harley Quinn one a little bit ago. Um, I actually have that one here. That's uh, was let uh, someone loaned that to me. Okay. Um, so it's one. It's not ad supported. It's a bigger one. It's more like an actual book book. Uh, it's not staple bound. It's square bound on oh, the side. Is that the one with the the cover art is like like her crying face and then like torn in half is the Harley Quinn face. Yeah, that's that's one of those ones. Yeah, okay. Like that run. Yeah, gotcha. which is, it's pretty good so far, honestly. Good to know. <clears throat> but yeah, um, so I don't know. This, it's more of a square shape rather than your normal, like, definitely rectangular kind of shape of, like, current issue comics. Uh, I don't know how you guys felt about handling this one. Because that actually is kind of a point of contention for some people. It was like, a little awkward. Itself? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I felt it was a little awkward. Just I saw no issues. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't notice the shape at all. I was like, oh, it's a little bigger. Um, the panels themselves are a little bit bigger just by virtue of the size of the book. Mm-hmm. But I didn't notice the actual like shape of it. It was just like, okay, it's a book. Maybe I wasn't paying attention. It's okay. You're reading inside. <laughs> <That's important. laughs> 
And yeah, I, yeah. I, uh, I didn't hate it or anything. I just thought it was, it, it, at first, it just seemed a little awkward because it's not the size of a normal comic book. Yeah, it's, it's, really, you can't judge a book by its cover, okay? Like, come uh, on. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. That, that being said, the B cover for this series in general is the better one. Mitch, I think I gave you the A cover. Okay. The B cover looks fucking dope. It's got the awesome spot gloss only over the front of the pod thing that she's in. But see, that would have gave away a little bit more of the story than what I saw. You know, if if I had seen that, than what I saw on the first in the A cover. I'm googling the A cover right now. Yeah, is it the one where she's like coming down with the sword? Like, just it's just like uh, a blast behind her, kind of. She's got the sword coming down, kind of thing. Yeah, she's like holding it in front of her, kind of like around like waist level. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, so, no, um, do you guys like Wonder Woman as a character? I do. See, Wonder Woman, for me as a character, I don't want this to sound like shitty or anything like that. She's just always kind of just been there for me. Where, like, I don't, I don't hate her, I don't like her. Like, she's just kind of like this median character. Where... I don't know. She, I think she's the center line of my, like, do I like this character? Do I not like this character scale? Do you think it's because she doesn't hang out with your boy Dick Grayson enough? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I feel like, like her and Superman hang out in this, like, middle range. And I feel like it's because they're both, they're both so, like, gold standard of good guy. That it's like okay, you're you're so like shiny gold, almost platinum about what you do that you're kind of boring. Like your whole story is I'm against that, and then you fight them and you win. Like, <laughs> and that's maybe just me being ignorant to Wonder Woman because I haven't sought her out much. But that's that's always been my my opinion on her. Words are hard sometimes. <laughs> I understand this one. Like I that was that was a lot of my issue. Like it's the classic issue with Superman, you know, it's the Boy Scout kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um but at the same time, I don't know, like I I had no strong feelings for or against Wonder Woman because most of my opinions on DC characters in general, that's any kind of substantial, comes from the Justice League animated series. Fair. <laughs> and that was a good series. It was fantastic. <laughs> I mean, like, I only know Wonder Woman from like late nineties on because when it's when I started reading comics and I get the whole like not appreciating her because she's like Superman where she's it's super OP but I would I mean not to just flat out say you're wrong but I don't Go think for it. Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> no not you more Steven because he's the one who called her a boy scout and I was just like I, I just see her as the eternal soldier like she's the same as Captain America in the fact that she is bred to fight. Like she, she okay. of the three, the Trinity of the DC universe, uh, Wonder Woman, Superman, Batman. She has no quorums with killing her enemy. She just you does it at a very, you know, need to basis. Like it's not a, it's not a. It doesn't. It doesn't affect her the same way. Like Superman's always or Batman's always. It, there can be another way. Superman is. Uh, you know, I, I don't kill because I can. Like, it's the thing that I have to stay away from. She's like, I do it if I need to, kind of thing. And we definitely see that on display in this mm-hmm. issue. Yes. And what you <laughs> said right there about the, like, the Captain America, Captain America equivalent, uh-huh. like, that, I, I think that 
just completely opened the door for me about like, <laughs> yes, that's that's what I've been trying to figure out, like why she's just kind of this blase kind of character. Yeah. Because it's just like, all right, I will do what I have to do at all times. Thank you. So walk away. Like, okay. Like, I, I like the I like the gritty side of DC. That's fair. Like, I I hang out in Gotham and Bloodhaven. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, we're apparently still in Gotham in this one. So I mean, that is true. Yeah. <laughs> Which okay, talking about the comic itself, that was mm-hmm. my favorite panel in all of issue one. The reveal. Like, all right, Bruce, I need this, and takes his belt. But there's just Batman all skeletal on the couch. No, no, um, like, pomp or circumstance, circumstance, whatever you want to call it. No, like, big ceremony or anything. Just, yep, there he is. He's dead. Moving on. Yeah, which <laughs> like, really brings it. me to, like, why it, what it is that happened. Like, why, one, he would be in the suit while in the manor. Two, he's not dead like on the floor he's dead on the couch did he just lay down and is like well this is it this is the end i i put diana inside the the tube and i'm waiting i'm awaiting death like kind of thing like that sounds like a vigilant batman thing to do (laughs) super depressing super (laughs) depressing (laughs) one of the thoughts that i had for it was that um there's so many possible ideas of what was happening in wayne manor at the time of that final nuclear bomb or whatever it was that happened. Uh, Cause we still, we don't know for sure. There's a lot of assumptions on that and they, it makes me question whether that's actually what happened. Oh, know? it's definitely not a nuclear bomb. Yeah. Cause it seems like a whole lot of them at the very least. <laughs> um, but yeah, like um, I kind of have this, this image of a possibility of Wayne Manor having been like a refugee kind of spot for okay. at least a minute. Um, so in, in like a big time where there is like global cataclysm kind of stuff happening, um, a large portion of the city might have had a hard time trying to just live in what the situation was. And so he might have actually taken people into Wayne Manor while they were like basically removed from their homes. So he might have been going around existing as Batman in that time. But we would have seen more skeletons, wouldn't we have? I don't know if those people got out. Okay. Like he might he might have sent them on to safety while uh and like put her into this pod thing and then just died right there. Huh. I love the concept of Batman. Like full suit Batman would be like, if you need a place to live, go go to Wayne Manor. <laughs> guy. <laughs> and then nobody ever sees Bruce. It's always Batman. You come down in the middle of the night and he's just like bowl of cereal. <laughs> <laughs> just like eating, walking away. <laughs> Don't check behind that clock. <laughs> like, I, I just like I I don't know if that's what happened or anything, but I think there are definitely some questions about why he would have been all suited up when he died. Yeah, or it's just a shortcut to tell us that was Bruce. Yeah, I mean that's, that's either one. That could also be it. <laughs> I like the lazy writing and being like, it would have taken like four panels to to show you that this is Bruce somehow. He's in the suit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but, technically, uh, it could have been just about anybody. We have no idea if it's actually Bruce. It could have been anybody wearing the suit. That's true. <laughs> it's just like Alfred just missed people. him real bad. And so he put the suit on, Master Bruce. Could it, I mean, he's, he's asking himself to do things. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, okay. Uh,. I guess one of the things would that really got. To, I, are you still recapping the story? Or are we just? 
I never started. We jumped right in. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> even with the that was my fault. That was did. my fault. I'm sorry. Did you want to recap <laughs> I, the story? Do you, is that something you think we should do for this one? I I think the beginning part that you said was was, yeah. Uh, like well, es- essentially the whole beginning of it, um, we we get a nice little reminder refresher on how Diana came to be from right. her mom having made her and created her, mm-hmm. uh, her purpose for having been created and like the things that make her strong. Um, after that, um, we, we flash forward to now and see a group of humans who are in this post-apocalyptic kind of situation, um, going around hunting and deciding to explore a new area while they're out in this new area. Um, a monster shows up like happens in post-apocalyptic situations while running away. Uh, they fall into this cave and onto this pod that we, we would find out shortly afterwards holds Diana. Um, the, the people together are trying to, like, they're kind of like the toys in Toy Story 3, where they're about to go into that incinerator. And they're just kind of like holding each other like, no, I love you too. I love you too. <laughs> and then, like, before the monster strikes on, to, like, to actually kill them, Diana bursts forth from the pod and just grabs the thing by the throat, which is a cool fucking image. Yeah, that was pretty badass. <laughs> <laughs> now, how do you pronounce, how did you guys pronounce uh, the word that they used to 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 call the, the monster? I just said Hydra, even though it's probably Hydra. Okay, I say Hydra also. Which, yeah, I, I was it, saying Hydra. Okay. it's H-A-E-D-R-A. Right. Yeah, so. I, I was saying Hydra. Okay. I didn't even bother with it. <laughs> I was like, fuck it. I, I know that's the monster. <laughs> <laughs> Every time the word comes up, just replace it with monster. But it's, yeah. all, it's also the name they give to anything that's a monster. Like, I at first thought it, that was just for that particular type of monster that, that she kills at the beginning. But then the, the when their, their camp, their kingdom, their stronghold is overrun by all those red monsters, they call all those Hadras too, or Hydras. Those wouldn't have a uniform shape exactly either. So it might just be a name applied to any of these weird muty beasts. Right. Yeah. Okay. But um, yeah. no, so after that, um, Diana pops out. We see that she's not exactly the Wonder Woman that we know. Gauntlets and everything, super strong, can fly, impervious. Um, she is very weak. She gets bitten on the arm pretty bad by the monster uh, and is shocked at the state of the situation that she's in. She has no memory of how she got here or how the world got here. This gave me a whole lot more information into Wonder Woman than I had previously known. Oh. Um, Because like I said, she's just kind of this, hi, I'm here kind of hero for me. So I kind of took everything she did at face value. I I knew before this next to nothing about where she came from. I knew that she was of the gods, more or less, but not how she was made or anything. I had assumed that she was just another person from this, like, like from the the Amazon tribe there, and we're good. Yeah, I didn't know that she was like sculpted. I didn't know that. It's one of the myths. It's one of are there varying ones? So there's no this. Yeah, for Wonder Woman, there's different depending on what age so to speak of uh uh there came from um so yeah the the most common one is that her her mother hippolyta who was the original 
Wonder Woman from the Golden Age. Uh, sculpted her from clay, asked the gods to bring her to life so that she could have a daughter, and and Zeus breathed life into her. This one changes it around so that she actually had the power to breathe life into uh, into the clay uh, to make a child. Uh, most recently, I believe they it was turned around that it wasn't it, that the whole making from clay was a metaphor, and Diana is the daughter of Hippolyta and Zeus, like the Zeus and Hippolyta actually got it on and, and uh, she was able to raise Diana on uh, Themyscira, Amazon Island. That's the most Island. likely knowing Zeus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, for this one, we do get a little bit more of that going forward in the comic. Um, so it, it might be tra- like, tra- like tracking its own path mm-hmm. on that one, I guess. I would say so. Um, but it is one that I do like, though. Like this, the origin that they have for her, as they talk about it more, it's one that I I very much enjoy personally. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point, did you guys like? Were you guys beginning to form any ideas of like events or anything? At this point, I wasn't. I was still. I'm still thinking of the is is some type of war, um, and for whatever reason. I I don't quite know how many generations have passed since. It's, the- it seems like when they had the conversation, um, the people that she was talking to are relatively young, probably like twenties and thirties, maybe at the most. I would say uh, I would say twenty is the the highest. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I don't know. Just that one big lady. <laughs> Edog or whatever. She might be 30, but she might be a hard 17. <laughs> so <laughs> that was like, a, uh, that was another thing that you bring up that honestly, I b- because of the artwork, I couldn't tell sex or gender from any of the characters. Honestly, that that's one that um like it's brought up sometimes in conversation about his art in general. Oh, okay. Uh, like people talk about the idea of this kind of like blending of things. I, and having seen him work on art in a broad way, that seems like it's an intentional one. Okay. Yeah. Cause like that guy, he can draw exactly what he intends to. Uh huh. So like, uh, it's, it's definitely an intentional choice. If I'm guessing. Cause even their, their quote unquote leader of their little group D mm-hmm. I mean, is D is a very androgynous name. It could be male or female and, I have no idea if the character is male or female or if, there, I, I, if, if I do, there's a need for that. Do you think D is, is a woman? Because I think that's her child that we see later. That she's yeah. bringing food home to. Or is that a sibling? I forget. It's, it's a her sister. sister. It's her sister. Yeah. yeah. I was like, but wait. I could have sworn <laughs> that they, I could have sworn that somebody was like talking about D and be like, yeah, she or something like that. I think there were, or was a defining pronoun in there somewhere. I but either I, way, I think it's super easy to gloss over. Yeah. So, and I, I don't, yeah. Like, like for that one, um, one of the things that uh, I always like as an anecdote is that uh, uh, Ripley in Alien. Right. Um, yesterday was Alien. It was uh, LV426, 426. Oh, Yay. really? Okay. Yeah. That's uh, Alien Day was yesterday. I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. It was a good holiday. <laughs> um, but uh, Ripley was written without any gender in mind. And then only in the casting process do they decide who they wanted that or how they wanted to define that for the character. That's good. I think it makes for a stronger writing, I think personally, because you don't, you have to lean on anything in particular. Right. Mm, but um, no. Yeah. So at, at that point we see her like um, she, she's a lot weaker 
Now, bitch, I don't know much about her gauntlets, but aren't the gauntlets almost like a restraining thing? No. So her, and she calls it gauntlets, gauntlets in this, but they're more, they're more aptly bracers, metal bracers okay. or, or just bracelets. So most of the time they're called bracelets. So those things are just made from Amazonian and they allow her to deflect bullets uh, easy. They don't give in her any motion. power. Right. In slow motion. <laughs> They don't give her any powers, so Amazonium should be this the equivalent to vibranium or adamantium in the Marvel universe, whereas they just don't take damage. They they they're indestructible. Uh, the speed, the strength, the flight—that's all her. That's all her power. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing that would take away power from her would be uh, if she's tied up, like one of the original. The uh, lasso. Not just the lasso, but any time that um, Wonder Woman in her original uh, uh, creation, her weakness was if a man were to bound her in any way. It doesn't have what? to be. It didn't have to be just her lasso. Usually, it is her lasso because they like to use that trope of your weapon is used against you. But if I she remember is, that, yeah, if she is bound in any way, however, um, by a man, then she loses all of her, her power because, well. That gets into the whole Professor Marsden and her his <laughs> his wife and and other woman in their marriage were into uh, uh, S and M sex play and stuff like that. So that was that's a whole other thing. <laughs> I remember seeing that in a documentary a long time ago, <laughs> talking about that one. Um, but yeah, so like I guess without the bracer, do you think that she expected the the like bracelets? cuffs whatever to be there when the thing attacked her yes okay so she, she was thinking like i'm gonna reach for the like this like tiny little shield i've got correct i think i up. think that was part of the muscle memory of her like being able to use that as a defense but not it not being there and you see it later on when she's fighting against cheetah as well mm-hmm. which brings us up back to kind of if we're skipping ahead a little bit brings us back to the how many generations have been gone cheetah obviously doesn't still around look, yeah it's still around it doesn't look all that much older it does look different but doesn't look mm-hmm. older however depending on which origin of cheetah that this particular story goes with if it's a science thing or a magical thing she might not have aged at all now yeah for um the generation thing the way that the the humans talked about it it seemed like the people who knew about it were the generation immediately preceding them in my mind right or like at the at the very most, there was one generation between the generation that experienced the cataclysm, uh, and then like their children, then these children. And I feel so like like great grandparents. Yeah, yeah. At that's the very what, most, that's what I was feeling like too. But I also felt like your great grandparents would still have told you story. Like I understand that they like they didn't want to talk about it. That they didn't want to you know those that lived through it didn't really want to talk about it. But I still feel like those stories would have made it to them. That's. It's another thing that makes me question whether that is just straight up like nuclear bombs, you know? Oh, okay. Like what, what did they do that they were possibly ashamed of? Yeah. I mean, if, if you nuke the planet, you're going to be ashamed of it. <laughs> but like, oh. th- think, of, think about like anytime anyone does something, even if people are like on board afterwards, they're like, I said we shouldn't have invaded Iraq. Yeah. <laughs> even though they were very much for invading Iraq. Like, no, no, you didn't. Day one, you were like, mm-hmm, let's get them. One, yeah. one of the things they do describe in the book is, if I remember correctly, is they say um, the sky was lit on fire, right? So, I mean, 
anybody that has been watching movies or, you know, in the last 20 years, same terminology or, or, or words are used in the matrix when they're talking about a nuclear bomb going off. The, the sky was lit on fire. I was uh, going to bring that up so, confirmed it's the same universe. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it just <laughs> makes... She was in. Oh. <laughs> no wonder she's weaker than she normally is. <laughs> she's never used her muscles. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Did either one of you read Old Man Logan? Or yeah. any, any of the old man? Uh, old man or old... Yeah, Old Man Hawkeye, Old Man Star-Lord, or... Quill. I just read Old Man Logan. Okay. Yeah, I, I wasn't going to branch out past that. <laughs> well, I you, liked the concept of Old Logan. Old Hawkeye was like, okay, same thing as Old Logan, but you're blind now? Cool. <laughs> Actually, he isn't, he, it's, it's a prequel to Old Man Logan, so he isn't blind yet. He gets blind ah. by the end of it. <laughs> okay. Um, I was just going to say is that, you know, in Old Man Logan, we start to see a lot of the other superheroes and supervillains as they're around. This at least in the first issue, all we see is Cheetah. We mm-hmm. we see a dead Batman, or what we suspect is Batman. Do you think we'll see other super beings? I want the Lanterns to get involved somewhere in this. Cause you know what? I didn't even think about that. I mean, there should be, other than the Earth Lanterns, there should be other there's, Lanterns. There's going to be Lanterns. Yeah. I, so, I suppose it depends. Again, like we we've seen... The people, what is it? I said the Watchers. I forget. I, I have that. They're uh, the same thing, right? The Awatu is a Watcher. Right? No, he's not. Or wait, it's not Awatu. Um, Watchers are the Marvel ones, right? Right. It's uh, the Guardians. Yeah, like you're talking the Lantern Guardians. Yeah. Like yeah, like their council, their guiding yeah. council. We we've seen those guys be bitter assholes in the past. Again, if humanity did a thing to themselves, like I could easily see them just being like. Throw them to the wolves. Yeah, but that doesn't stop another lantern from just like, well, I'm in the area. Let me pop by Earth real quick. I mean, technically, <laughs> technically, Mars is also in the same sector, space sector as Earth, and they allowed Mars to all just decimate itself. So that's true. That is fair. They even had a lantern, didn't they? I think at one point there was a lantern on Mars. So mm-hmm. that's interesting. All, all I'm going to say is that. Red Lantern guy is going to show up at some point and be like, what'd you do to my planet? <laughs> and just Hulk out and rip everything in half because he's a Red Lantern again because he can't control himself. Red Lanterns are crazy. That was a really good animated series, by the way. That Green Lantern CGI one, that was really good. Uh, I, I was very bad that it didn't have more seasons. With Ryan Reynolds? No, no. no. It, was, it was around the same time, though. Same time. You said CGI, so I just had to go there. <laughs> but yeah, um, okay, so... Um, one of the, 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 the humans that she meets up with, um, she sees that they're, they're weak. They're falling prey to whatever these monsters are very quickly. Uh, and her being Wonder Woman, obviously she offers to help despite the fact that she is, seems distraught at what the world is, has no idea of anything, uh, and wants to put that together, but she'll go with them if they'll have her. I also, I also th- yeah. find it interesting that she never actually calls herself Wonder Woman. She keeps, she says, "I'm Diana," which works because does Wonder Woman think of herself as Wonder Woman? Or she think of herself as Diana. Um, also, when she's going to pick out an outfit from mm-hmm. Bruce's armory, so to speak, she doesn't take 
the one that looks most like her outfit, she picks it another seemed, one. It, it seems like it was together. tatters. Yeah. Okay. Like it's it's a it's a little bit from all three of them. She has uh she has Batman's utility belt. I think the cape that she wears is Superman's. Oh. So we we had talked about that one before, and I don't know now because I don't know if anything bad will have happened to Superman this one. He's probably off in his fortress of solitude crying into his like a frosty or whatever. Well, that kind of comes, <laughs> that comes into where my theory is. And I think that it's Superman is the, the reason why this world is the way it is. Oh, he punched the sun in half causing <laughs> nuclear issues on earth. Classic Superman. Classic Superman. <laughs> I'm going to go fly and hang out by the sun for a while. Call me if you need me. <laughs> he might be in the sun igniting it. And honestly, that's fair. <laughs> Superman's but, new job: keeping the Earth lit. <laughs> he would do it, you know. Like that, someone's written that book. It he would. It's kind of the the story for DC One Million. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, <there you> go. <laughs> but yeah, so um, Diana does say that she'll go with the humans if they'll have her, and they agree to take her with them. We shortly after, um, after they get to the settlement, we learn that that wasn't for any kind of altruistic reasons. Uh, they want to have something to offer to the leader of their camp who doesn't sound like a good guy. No. And so they're going to offer her. Which I thought was a very weird dialogue exchange that this the leader, I don't even remember what his name is at the moment, but like he's like, I it, it came off very Negan to me. Like he, he yeah. came off as like, I, I'm here to keep these people safe and fed and secure and stuff like that. And if I just need to take a couple of things for myself, then so be it. But I'm the one that's in charge, so I should be able to do that. And I was just like, you know, you could have a- you could have had people winning like on your side where you're talking about like these are the, the ways the world we live in now and things are different. But then you had to be like, well, if I need to take things for myself, then that's and so be it. And well, now you lost us. Like kind of thing. If I need to take some things for myself, everybody can suck it. That's right. It's like, mm. like, like his whole thing is like the the curtain that I wear is heavy. Sometimes I need to pad it with. Things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to find that guy's name again. It's like Thardin or something. It yeah, is something weird. Thaddeus. Thebes. <laughs> it's like Thebes or something like that. I'll, I'll pull it up right now. But um, if if it's Thebes, that's really funny. Like, cause like the city. Yeah, because then it's it's Wonder Woman fighting a dude named Thieves. It's all like Greek. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, no, I was going to say that uh, Ian. What did you particularly like think about uh, the betrayal? Like, did you were you expecting it? I it felt too easy for her to be like, "Hi, I'm Diana. I'm going to come with you now," and then be like. Cool. But just a couple pages earlier, they were like, man, if we, if we come back empty handed, things yeah. are going to go south. <laughs> so it's like, oh, you just played yourself. Okay. I also, um, I also thought it was very interesting that as, as much as these uh, youngins are, you know, kind of just thrown out there, they are, at least uh, D is very strategic savvy because she lets. He she lets uh, Ebdog Ebdog yeah try to hit her and then she, knowing that she's going to block that and then come mm-hmm. in later in with the syringe which yeah. she just had it ready and was you know waiting to use like I, and the fact that they have that still which is also amazing I, th- I don't I think okay. there's a lot of characters in this that 
if it continues, I hope it continues past book three, whenever we get book three. <laughs> um, I think that there are characters that we're going to get that are descendants of previous heroes. Okay. That's, that so, could be a bit, a bit of a turn for her. Like she's it's like someone like the offspring of someone that we would recognize. Exactly. So like maybe they're planting it now with things like you said of like being pretty strategic, like strategic minded, like thinking three or four steps ahead uh, super charismatic, that kind of stuff. That's when you look back on it after the review, you're like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, she kind of has that moment, Diana does, when she's like, well, I love you. And like it, the, the panels, inter, you know, uh, interchange between her remembering Steve Trevor and then looking at D. And the artist obviously draws the two characters of Steve Trevor and D to look very fami- similar, especially with the, the bomber jacket. So, I don't know if she's D is supposed to be a descendant of Steve Trevor or if that was just like, I took, I took that as like the, the altruistic love. Yeah. Of Same. like, like I, I chose to live with humans because I love you and I, you can't protect yourself. So I'm going to protect <laughs> you. <laughs> I, I agree with that. I think the, the similarities between them are like the inequalities in all humans that she sees in that hopeful nature of hers, you know, um, all, all humans are Steve Trevor. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I don't know how, how much this reference will, uh, will make it onto YouTube. Cause I don't know if you, you watch Dr. Who or not, but, uh, it's been, you know, said that Dr. Who takes on the human companions so often, but it's the reason he doesn't fall in love with them is because they're like dogs. Like we are dogs to time Lords. Like, so yeah, we're their pets. So it'd be, it'd be the same for Diana, right? Being all powerful and so. live for a long time. Humans are just dogs. So, and you need to protect a dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. And if, like, if you're walking your dog and another dog comes through, you're like, no, get back. Get over here. Back the fuck up. The other dog. <laughs> that's, that's, that's fair. <clears throat> and then no, when the, your dog gets up and starts making dumb noises at another dog and stuff's about to go down, you reluctantly have to get involved. Hey, pop them, you know. And so, and then you realize, you know, you're like, you talk to the other dog. You're like, you know, I know it's not your fault. You have a bad master. They taught you wrong. <laughs> they didn't teach you right. And it's the same thing. She's like, I don't want to hurt any of the humans, but I, you know, you did a bad thing. You need to know that you did a bad thing. Spray <laughs> <laughs> their noses in it. Yeah. Uh, no. So the the thing that happens that gets us to that conversation that you had mentioned um, with the conversation between D and Diana was that they they take her back to offer her to Thaden, is his name. Thaden, uh, okay. Yeah, it's not a great name. <laughs> but, you know, uh, he's also got really bad teeth, and they, they colored that really well to show his bad teeth. <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, but they, uh, they, t- they take her back to offer her, like kind of like the scene in Prince of Egypt where they go to take that lady to offer her to Ramses never as, seen as his bride. Yep. Gosh, have you never seen Prince of Egypt? I've never seen Prince of Egypt and don't uh, tell Elizabeth. That's, that's, that's the, the next, one. That's that's the next. Uh... <laughs> that should be the next one. Everything else that's on the list right now should just go by the wayside. Prince of Egypt should be the first one. <laughs> it's really good, Mitch. Like, I, I know I've said that about other Disney movies and everything. It's not a Disney movie. That's a DreamWorks movie. No, well, because you were doing Disney movies previously. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, like it. You guys had watched Hercules and everything, and I was like, "Oh, Hercules is good." No, <laughs> Prince of Egypt. I will watch any day, despite the fact that, like, I I am very much not a spiritual or religious person. <laughs> Prince of Egypt is just good. Okay, 
And then once you see it, you can legitimately be playing with the big boys now. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so um, they take her to go uh, offer her to Thaden as this offering about um, not having brought back food or whatever to try to get themselves more rations because they do have so many people here in this settlement um, that obviously any kind of resources are highly sought after. Uh, and you're trying to curry favor from this dude with bad teeth. I um, love that. Hey, there's too many people here, so we brought you a person and we couldn't find food. Yeah. <laughs> like, He's like, ah, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> well done, yes. Well, that's, uh, I mean, that really makes me think about what it is that Thaden sends them out for. Like, is he sending them out there only for food? Because most of the stuff is taken and not around, which also makes you think, is there no animals? Like, are there no warthogs? Are there no... Horses, you know, be a twofer. You send people out, you tell them to go get food. If they don't bring anything back, like we'll kill you. And then if they go out and they die on the way out there, less mouths to feed. That's true. But I mean, could it have been that they were out there just looking for people? Because they do say that there are other clans out there. So if you bring back a person, either that becomes my new concubine or it becomes a person that we throw into the pit with Cheetah. Seems to be the. Entertainment. Yeah. Entertainment. Are you not entertained? <laughs> no. Throw four, uh, throw four more in there with it. <laughs> so the um the guy he like he's like grabbing Diana's face, you know, like mmm, squishy. I like her. You know, he's being weird about it, uh, and he says like something to the effect of she'll make a great bride. And Diana, just like when she had been um, trying to fight to preserve these other humans that were in that room where her pod was, she like just snaps too. And it's like, fucking nope. And just boots the guy across the room. It's like, I will be no man's bride. Literally boots him across yep. the room. It's a great panel. <laughs> as, as fans of wrestling, um, Daniel Warren Johnson loves wrestling. Oh, really? Any, like he, He'll put parts um, in a issue two. There's a part where someone literally gives someone like an arm bar. Oh, oh yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I caught it, that. Yeah, it's like they're going across the ropes and just bah. Which would, I mean, I, I guess I, I shouldn't assume, but if it was Diana, which makes sense because, you know, Greco-Roman wrestling is where that would have started and she would have uh, learned to do arm bars and, and stuff like that. Okay. She also yeah. would learn how to DDT somebody. I don't think that was a <laughs> one that they had in the old, old text. <laughs> or like how to Batista bomb somebody. There you go. They one hundred percent Suplex City people, right? That's oh, right. absolutely. Welcome to Suplex City. Uh, Wonder Woman's rolling Suplex is my favorite move she's ever done. <laughs> I was always for the the Northern Lights. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think she knows how to Starship Pain? Ooh, <laughs> yes, of course she does. She knows all the moves. <laughs> so, um, at that point, we see um, that the like her did like deny the guy this idea, uh, and like spoiler alert, the whole rest of the issue is her turning that dude down on everything that he wants, likes, or has had before. <laughs> she just peels it away. Mm-hmm. Um, I like I like Pandora. We use Spotify in this house now. Yeah, like, uh, uh-uh, uh, <laughs> We're an Apple Music family. <laughs> Uh, and then we see this we see this exchange between her and Hippolyta again, going more into her origins. Shortly after that, because mm-hmm. um, it's more of it's more of Hippolyta telling her what she what what her purpose is on the earth. Mm-hmm. 
which is uh, i believe is against what it is that she's doing right because she isn't she more is she is hippolyta telling her that she is made to protect the earth or to stay away from man i think she was made to live on themiscara forever and like be the protector of themiscara so when she's like i'm gonna go out to the world they're like no you can't do that I took that one a little different because she says to stay here on Themyscira, um, but she says that she also made her strong enough to defend herself where Hippolyta couldn't. Mm. That's how I took that one myself. Okay. Um, but yeah, and they like look out over the coast of Themyscira. <laughs> like, ooh, it's pretty. Um, you know, that uh, was one odd thing earlier on in the book when uh, you first see Steve Trevor's plane coming down on Paradise Island. Most of the time when that's depicted uh, in the comic books and even in the most recent movie, you see the plane coming in over the ocean. In this one, it it's so heavily vegetation, heavy vegetation, like it's, uh, you know, in the middle of the jungle kind of looking area. And she, Hippolyta makes... Uh, um, note that Themyscira is almost underground, so to speak. If I remember, like, you're saying like in the normal, like the typical versions of that. The, no, I'm saying in this version of it, she's saying gotcha. that it's it's kind of sub the the Paradise Island itself is subterranean. Like that's yeah. how it's staying hidden. Yeah, she, like she makes a big point of that, like you said, like like we are kept away from the rest of the world here. Right. We're in usual, like the usual comic books. It's just Themyscira has this weird uh, force field around it that makes it invisible to everybody else, unless they're on the island. Hmm. I didn't know that about the lore of the island yeah. or anything. I know very little about, like a lot of DC things. Did you not so. watch the movie? Nope. Oh, okay. Mm-mm. It was probably one of the better DC movies to happen, like. In recent history. Yeah, in like the DC cinematic. DC extended? EU. Yeah, DC EU. There it is. (laughs) Like in in all of their interconnected ones, um, Wonder Woman is definitely the standout of them because you can see what's going on. Hey, I like Shazam though. You like which one? Shazam. Oh, Shazam was great. Yeah. Okay. Revising my statement, I still haven't seen Shazam. Okay. Come with me, Shazam. It's the most Ian of all of those films. I would definitely say that. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly oh, because it's it's on my list, and every time it comes up, I'm like, I'll see it later. <laughs> it, like, it's it's pretty good. Ian, like, I I was I enjoy it. Like that movie, I would not be in any way, shape, or form against having bought like a director's cut that's longer to just own and have on my shelf nice and i have a hard enough time as it is unless i'm like going to a theater to see a movie making myself sit down to watch a movie Ah. like unless it's a movie that i've seen a million times that i know that i love so that you can (laughs) do something else while you're watching it quote unquote watching it yeah I, i understand that too so like i want to watch it I have no doubt that when I do, I will love Shazam, but <laughs> it goes into the the big pile of movies that I've been given as homework from a million different people. It's like, I'll see it eventually. There's enough like activity and stuff going on in it that it, it'll, I, I think it'll placate even the most like ADHD riddled of minds. It works for mine. <laughs> It's not even that I have a problem like focusing. It's just like I, 
do I do I have two and a half hours, like an hour and a half to two hours to like dedicate to just paying attention to a movie? Right now you do. I was gonna I was gonna say earlier, do you know what time it is, Ian? It's later. It's now later. <laughs> Fair. So um like back back with the issue. Um after after this whole exchange happens with her and Faden, um Faden like like he gets back up and he's like, oh, everyone, put her in put her in the stocks kind of thing. Uh, and so they take her and they put her in this jail cell uh, somewhere in this weird fortress place that they have. This is uh, also I found interesting. Like, where exactly is this? If if we were starting off in, in Wayne Manor and they say we, you know, we didn't find anything else in old Gotham. Like, where would this stronghold be? Would this have been like the the stadium at, at, at Gotham University kind of thing? Like, go rogues. Go yeah. It's a think possibility. I mean, it does have that kind of like spherical shape to it for sure. Um, it's a stone kind of building. I mean, hell, dude, it might have even been in medieval times. I don't know. <laughs> I like, mean, it's I, on the East Coast. There's one in New Jersey. Gotham is New York. Yeah, I see it. There we go. I mean, um, they, they do say it could just be. It could just be across the bay in Metropolis. Like, if if the world's really that messed up. Then who knows if the bay is even there? If it's just True. Like dried up and gross. True. Like, because it's supposed to be like you could see Metropolis from Gotham across whatever body of waters there, right? Well, that's that's since the new the DCEU. Yes, that's the way that okay. is now. Like, I, I like that more. <laughs> Before uh, Bat, uh, Batman v Superman, it was more of like. Uh, Coastals. No, it wasn't coastals. It was no. more like uh, Gotham would have been New York, and I think Metropolis would have been DC. DC. I always get like a Chicago vibe off of Metro- off of Metropolis, or is that more like Star City? Mm, Star City, I believe, is is supposed to be more like Seattle. Okay. Coast City is supposed to be That's LA. Why. Yeah. That's why they look like that. There, hipster motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> I get it now. <laughs> This is way off, way off. It's the, okay. The path there. I'm sorry. No, no, no. no this is fine. That's, this is overtime, man. <laughs> if if, if we're getting paid, right now. we're getting paid time and a half right now. We're gonna milk this. <laughs> That's right, uh, Mitch. Are we getting paid time and a half right now? Oh yeah. What's time you and a half? Hate? Zero. <laughs> Dude, yes. <laughs> but listen, all the, the, the bills. <laughs> they they put uh, Diana into this this cell. And D kind of comes down to have this whole heart to heart with her, apologize because obviously, like she doesn't she doesn't feel great about this, but she's doing this because she has this other mouth to feed in her sibling. You know, um, times have been hard clearly, uh, and so Diana starts to go into, um, like and telling her like you know like it's okay like you guys are flawed that's just you guys it's not your fault that you are like this. Um, and she goes in to tell her a little bit more about when she did meet Steve. Yeah. And this is, <laughs> I, well, this was the, this particular conversation. I know I don't, I don't read a lot of Wonder Woman comic books and, but this seemed like a, the way that she spoke to 
D about how you guys are flawed and you, you know, I, I don't hold you at fault. Like this is where I got the whole dog analogy from. Like, cause I've never heard of Diana speaking about man's world so separate as like that. Like as in yeah. it's you Fair. and then there's me kind of thing. It's always been more of like a, we're in this together kind of thing. Yeah, I didn't like that. Like that statement from her at all, where it's, it seems super dismissive mm-hmm. and like, from the little bit that I've experienced with Wonder Woman, I've never felt so talked down to. Right. Where it's like, oh no, I get it. You had to do it. It's what you do. That's fine. I won't hold it against. It's okay. Hey, hey, be mad or something. Like, <laughs> you don't get to pull this kind of nonsense. In this one, um, Mitch, I don't know how much you remember because it, it was really late <laughs> and everything. Um, but how much do you remember from Princess Mononoke? Oh, would you, would you say you have like a solid thirty-five percent of I would, grasp on the movie? I would say about fifty percent. Okay, so for Ian, you remember Princess Mononoke pretty well? Uh, decently, yeah. So I get more of the feeling of Ashitaka from Princess Mononoke from her in this, like a person who's of both worlds but neither world. Okay. Okay. Because she, she doesn't place herself in any of this. She doesn't say she's of the human world or specifically Themyscira. So she she's essentially saying like I don't I don't blame you guys for this, but she also doesn't blame um, any of the like the previous situation of her life for like having kept her away from this other thing, even though it wasn't entirely bad. Like her, her everything that she was told before was that the man the the world of man was bad, and going into it, yeah, sure, there's bad, but there's also beauty and good in that also. So she lives in this gray area. And so I, I didn't take her statement to be like diminutive in any way. Okay. Because again, she's not placing herself in the statement either. She's the only person that she's addressing in that moment. It just happens to be the human. Okay. okay. I, I see what you're saying. And that does take a little bit of the bite off of it. Maybe I was just <laughs> wanting more. I was wanting more of an emotion in that scene. I was wanting more emotion from her in book one. Because in in book one, she's so just like stone faced about everything where it's like, okay, the world is done. Check. Um, I think like in this, in the scene where Batman's dead on the couch, it's just, all right, I'm gonna borrow this Bruce. Thank you. There's is no it, like mourning her friend. Dude, you played magic, right? She has summoning sickness. She can't, uh. she can't, she can't play in that first turn. Yeah. <laughs> if she can't play in this first turn, then why is she fighting things? <laughs> she got messed up. You saw what that happened. was she a didn't reach. She that, didn't have reach. She didn't have fly. She didn't have anything. No, she had. She had that. Uh, what is it when you first summon a thing and it, it does a damage to to something just like as a reaction? <laughs> it's like, like a. It's like a. Like a entering the battlefield, like a, a summoning effect. Yeah, a summoning effect. AOE. That's why she was able to grab that monster right out of the tube. But after that, she couldn't do anything for a round. If you get that, would be a flip effect. <laughs> <laughs> She'd be a man eater bug. <laughs> so it, um, uh, she has that conversation with D, and she ends up going into what her kind of feelings on humans are. Um, and then she she has this this like what I thought was a good moment, but I definitely understand any criticisms of it. Um, where she lays out that she loves humanity regardless of their flaws, you know, mm-hmm. uh, warts and all. Um, and then uh, we're kind of thrown forward into this part where she's being um, put into this coliseum situation, which I, we should I should have looked at more. 
you're right. Like, where did this this place come from? The structure, you know. <laughs> I mean, unless they maybe built there's it. a medieval times banner. <laughs> I mean, Some, it, someone might have built it. I mean, but se- it seems like there's not enough people for that to to be true. Like they they talk about there's a thousand there's a thousand of them in that encampment, but it. I don't know. After the cataclysm, like, would how long would would it take? You know, a hundred people to build this kind of structure. I don't know. I th- long, this- no, it would take it would take a long ass time. Okay, but you know, may, maybe that's a superpower situation. Maybe the the previous superheroes who like aren't there built these little places for humans, a la Attack on Titan. Okay, you that's, know, that's interesting. Like, yeah, <laughs> like I really don't know. Um, but so she gets thrown into this thing, and this is a part that like. Obviously, most things that are post-apocalyptic have plenty of tropes to those things. Uh-huh. And this is definitely one of those. <laughs> but I still enjoyed the scene with, with Barbara Minerva, with Cheetah, you know? Uh-huh. Um, like the moment where they throw her in there and they're like, ah, throw her in there with the beast. <laughs> and this like thing comes out and like then it's like, it's kind of, it's kind of Thor Ragnarok. I was going to say, who yeah. else got the Thor Ragnarok? <laughs> We work together, <laughs> but instead of being like happy to see her, she was she wasn't even scared to see monstrous cheetah. She was just more like sad, like she's just like, oh that's no, what have they done to you, kind of thing. And that's that's what I'm talking about. Like you have all this history with somebody, and you you see, okay, first you've been like trapped here and forced to fight, right? Like, and then oh dang, this person that I have all this history with is now some sort of monster. I'm Mm -hmm. angry. I'm sad. I'm still confused. What the hell's going on here? And she's just like, I'm upset for you. (laughs) No, give me something. (laughs) (laughs) Is Kristen Stewart acting you right now? (laughs) Uh, No, it's Kristen Wiig for Cheetah. Ah. Yeah. But um, I, I actually do think there is a, like a an, like a more emotional scene that's at the end of all of this because in the middle of their fight when they have their whole like moment where they recognize each other and they still continue the fight because uh-huh. of whatever conditioning Cheetah's had over however long it's been, um, more of those monster things attack a whole lot of them. Before you get to that, the Cheetah mm-hmm. I believe says something to the fact is like I have to fight you or else they'll kill me. This. Brings me to she, the, she just says they'll hurt me. Oh, they'll hurt me. Which brings mm-hmm. me to the idea is like, how is it that they particularly were able to capture Cheetah and then it's make the same kind of syringe maybe that they hit Diana he, with? I guess that's true, but even you put Diana it on a stick and you can still get her. <laughs> even yeah, Diana yeah. was able to like wake up and kick the dude across the room. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and Cheetah is is four times larger than she's supposed to be. And monstrous now, like it's it. I I'm not I'm not trying to poke a hole, and I understand it's fiction. It's 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 it's, it's, it's a, a it's a it's structure. Like we just need it for the drama. But like she is she. I could understand it if she was more monstrous. If she was like like lost her intelligence. But Cheetah is mm-hmm. also supposed to be a scientist. Like she was the fact that she was caught, captured, and now kept that way seemed far a little too far fetched for me. I figured it out. This is what the cataclysm was. And it confirms that it's in the the Arkham game verse. Okay. That's why she's so buff? Because everyone no, in Arkham is buff. It's fair. No, it's it's like Titan bombs. So you have the Titan 
like serum, whatever it is, getting blown across the world in an atomized form. That's why everybody's all mutated and weird and like ripped. Uh huh. Because they just they're they're tightened out of their gourd. <laughs> <laughs> So it's just I, like, boom, now everything's broken because nobody knows how to open a door with all this strength. <laughs> Society collapses. We, we didn't know that it depended on the doorknob. Yeah. <laughs> nope, you can't get into a building. How? What am I supposed to do? Hey, look at how, how well our our economy or society is holding up with just the pandemic you know yeah you got tyson food taking take, uh taking out ads in the newspaper saying the food chain is breaking down guys <laughs> pretty intense yep <laughs> well, um, i've been learning how to filter feed and live off of the sun for years <laughs> <laughs> uh so they, they have their their big exchange and then the all those monsters are kind of like crashing down the hills to attack this big base of theirs and all of the armed forces for this place with their spears and whatnot go out to go take them on while this one like entertainment event is happening, which I really do like the idea. Like that kind of scene in a movie I think would play well where the big, there's a big fight between a couple people and all these people are like are cheering and watching this, you know, and in the background, in the dark parts outside of the city, this much larger thing is about to happen. I like that idea. Like just visually. Yeah. Um, But no, then they like the things obviously get past those soldiers and start spilling into the Coliseum. And obviously Diana just handles business. Just works them. I mean, she's cleaving through these Hydra with, with you know, one blow uh, of a sword that's probably not been kept in too good a shape. No, not at all. Uh, there, there's a one of the frames in here um, is one of my favorite panels in the entire comic. Um, and it's that one where there's all the monsters. There's, like, three of them that are all around her, and she's just, like, got one in this, like, like, oh, yeah. like elbow hold thing. Like, that's a cool panel. <laughs> I know, Mitch. You were pretty. You were wary of the art in a big way. I was before. I, it just wasn't. It's not one that was very appealing aesthetically to my eye. Um, mm-hmm. Not that I hated it. It's just not something that I would have particularly looked at. I did by the end of it, like uh, grow to appreciate it more. Like, uh, and for you, Ian, I don't know how where that one fits because, like, I know that I, it. Painting in broad strokes for comics kind of sucks, but DC is always heavily rendered in my yeah. experience. <clears throat> like, and I would say you're right. It's always very crisp in one way or another, like sharp lines, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. This it's being, loose. this is loose and jagged. Mm-hmm. And normally that turns me off to comics in a big way. I think the setting for this one, with it being so post-apocalyptic, saved it. Yeah. Okay. Like, it, where, it, fit, it fit with that? Yeah, where, like, if it looked like this and the world was supposed to be, like, everything's good, we're just fighting bad guys here, like, that would be, like, mm, nah, I'm over it. But since everything's messed up, having art that doesn't quite line up all the time, mm-hmm. I'm totally cool with it. Okay. And now, especially knowing that it's the dude who did Murder Falcon... Um, it makes more sense (laughs) and uh, I actually like it even more now 
<laughs> Murder Falcon's really good. Murder Falcon had me crying. Dude, Murder yeah. Falcon, I, I only read the first two. Oh, it's so good. Mitch, <laughs> you, should, you should read Murder Falcon, Mitch. It's really good. Please, thank you. I'll do that later. <laughs> Don't you, you come at me with my own bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. no. If, if you, like, I've learned, Ian, you know, you know the phrase that, like, whenever Ian says one phrase, when you yeah. ask him to do something, no, you know Ian's never going to do it if he goes, potential, potential. potential, potential. <laughs> you just potential. know he's never going to do no. that thing. So the back, okay, backstory on potential, <laughs> real quick. Backstory on potential. I didn't realize I started saying it. It's, it's a medieval times thing on. So from when I got my current job, the horse trainer I work with says that all the time. When you're like, hey... What if we did, like, is this a thing? He's like, ah, potential, potential. And I didn't realize I started doing it because he blows people off with that the same way that apparently I've been doing. <laughs> Where, like, he'll just walk off, ah, potential, potential. It's like, no, give me an answer, damn it. <laughs> I, wish, I wish, like, at the same time that I hadn't pointed it out to Ian, so I, I would just know when to not, like, get hyped. Like, oh, no, no, he said maybe. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> now I know how to, now I know how to spin it around so I can yeah. always crush your dreams. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, I just set myself up for heartbreak. Uh, Every day. So no, we, we see Diana kind of like, she turns the tide in this and all of those armed forces and everyone in the city recognize this. And so um, they very quickly kind of like, like she, she protected them where anything else that they could have ever done would have amounted to nothing in comparison to what this lady did. Uh, so she gives a speech um, like basically saying like I, like I want to help you guys you know uh, and then we see Faden getting chased down by uh, by Barbara uh, by Cheetah and this is the part where I was like oh fuck they got me my heart strings because like she's she's just going straight at Faden and then Diana doesn't like she doesn't punch her or like try to like restrain her or anything she just kind of gets in the way and it's it's like a hug Right. To stop her, and that part got me. Yeah. <clears throat> that was a good. That was a good shot. I like. And because you think you got to think about like, so Batman, his enemy is Joker, right? Like you think of the villain to Batman is Joker. The villain to uh, Superman, is, well, more than likely, most people think Luther, right? Like the the villain to Wonder Woman is supposed to be Cheetah. Like that is supposed to be her her person that she always goes up against. Um, mm-hmm. So for her to to not want to so like in the typical form defeat her in a in a, a punch punch to the face kind of kind of way like it's more like no this is what she needs to stop her a hug mm-hmm. like it's I mean it's obviously great writing <laughs> like I I just that that one got me it's just this hug and then Cheetah like she she hits her a few times in that moment. Like telling yeah. her, like like yelling at her, like like no, like you don't understand. You don't know what he did. Monster. Yeah, um, and then she ends up running after Diana refuses to let her kill this guy. And tries to like talk her down, right? But she doesn't. She doesn't persist in trying to kill the guy either. No. Um, and the issue ends with Diana having this like, whole rallying call, asking the people to let her help them, and then she's going to take them to Themyscira. Now that is something that I found really interesting. 
because if you think of Themyscira, it should be somewhere in the Mediterranean Sea, like near Greece and stuff like that. How is she going to get at least a thousand people over there? Is is she going to have them build a an ark to take them that way? Like, are are we going to find planes? I I don't honestly we don't know. Steve Trevor comes back. I, I mean, Steve Trevor <laughs> could come back, kind of thing. <laughs> He, he does that in 84, apparently. But at, at this point, you have no... She has no idea of who's still alive, what what's still around that could help her. Is she going to go find her invisible jet? Like, I don't understand how she can make such a bold promise. And she also says, we'll take along anybody else that we come across, like, kind of thing. Like, we're going to help everybody. Enter they- the lanterns. <laughs> <laughs> so they're just like, oh, we're trying to get there? Cool, cool. Here's a big-ass bridge, because we can't just make everybody fly. <laughs> Um, uh, with a little bit of foreknowledge in this one, if I remember correctly, Ian, uh, it's been a little bit since I've read it. The thing that they talk about doing is um, basically having like a little scouting party to go ahead to Themyscira and then possibly bring people back with them, like maybe boats or whatever, to bring the people to Themyscira. So it's, but it's not like, like Gotham and Themyscira just to hop in a skip. Like it's, no, I agree. <laughs> it's so that's. I can't get into that too much because I have things to say on that about the second issue. And I feel like that's, that would lead to other things like more, more discussion about book two than I think we want to get into in this one. Gotcha. All I got to say is I side with Mitch. The travel logistics make no sense. <laughs> I mean, y- y'all watch Game of Thrones a whole bunch. So I don't, uh, I don't yeah. know where you guys get on this high horse right now. Uh, <laughs> Varys is just fast. <laughs> <laughs> that is one landmass, though. That there, I mean, I understand it's still way too fast, but that is at least what there's no giant body of water between the places that they're trying to go to. Yeah, you don't have to factor in like currents. And storms and, and illness, packing enough food and limes. You need limes, <laughs> absolutely. So you need limes, and women on boats is a problem. It's bad luck. Oh, so this whole thing is screwed from the beginning. <laughs> the menstruation attracts sharks. <laughs> that was terrible. All in all, how did, did like um, at this point? Did you guys think? Um, I guess well, Ian, for you, I know. Um, for for Mitch reading this you weren't you didn't jump in to read it but you said you started liking it more as you read it yes are are you like oh no what happens next issue yes because i okay i mean because it 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 introduces a mystery box it 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 makes me want to know what what was the cat what was the cataclysm where are all the other heroes and you know what is it that uh why is it that she is still alive or why you know more to the point why did bruce decide to put her inside this incubation chamber which I have in theories on. Dark side one. Exactly. No. <laughs> uh, like, Ian, that, that's you... what it is. Finally, dark side one. Superman's dead. He killed everybody. The last hope is putting Diana in a tube and hoping for the best in the future. I, maybe he'll have died, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, Ian, you, we had talked about this before after you read issue one and two. Um, you had previously been pretty down on issue two, which I understand because I think issue two has to lead into issue three. Yeah. Um, but now today, when we talked about this before the podcast, you were saying you preferred issue two and it seemed like it was you like you preferred it vastly. <clears throat> like uh, issue one, like you didn't enjoy that much. Oh, no. I, OK, so I, I think I misspoke earlier before when we were talking about this. I enjoyed issue one heavily. There was a lot of really cool stuff. I liked the art of it. Um, the pacing was really good. So I didn't feel like it was just like this happened and now it's the end of the book. 
Mm-hmm. Like it, it felt like a worthwhile read. I just like that book two started introducing more of the story. That's fair. So like book two, I felt like like book one, you're in a plane on a runway. Book two is where it takes off. So like I feel like we go from zero to a hundred real quick in story beats in book two. So it's like it's like how people always tell you when you're getting into new into a new like series, like you're watching a new, like a new show, anything like that. Hey, you can skip the first two episodes. Like nothing really happens until episode three. All you gotta know is that like Jim and Pam they like each other. You know, you can skip season one. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of like that. If, if in my opinion for book one, mm-hmm. where it's like okay, it, you need it to set it up, but do you really need it? Yeah, no, no one has to see like season one, pushed hair back, Michael. No one needs that. And you don't need a pilot half the time. That, 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 I definitely I agree with that one. <laughs> and maybe Wait, are, we still go, are we still going with the plane metaphor or is this about pilots for TV shows? Uh, yes. Planes, yes, we need pilots. <laughs> no, but like for a TV show, you don't always need a pilot. Um, I feel like you could easily like spark notes book one and have no issue with book two. Okay. I, I don't I don't know if I necessarily agree with that one, but I understand. Like that's that's where my preference comes in and that's where my prefer uh I like what they did with certain characters in the second one. And I I want to talk about it, but we're only talking about book <laughs> one. Damn it. Next time yeah. on Overtime. Yeah, we'll get to it next next week. <laughs> uh Mitch, like how would you like the the second issue provided because I can I can like buy one of these. What what would you, what would you like? I I will I will purchase it digitally so you don't have to worry Ooh. about that. You hear that, folks? Mitch liked it so much he's gonna spend money on it. <laughs> oh damn! <laughs> I I so I did want to get to my theory on what the, the cataclysm was or yeah, at least what what's going on. Um, so what I think and I think the easy way out is that it's the most common thing that they have in the DC universe. Whenever there is some type of apocalypse, Superman went evil for whatever reason he went bad. The, your, your, your fire in the sky is them trying to use nukes on Superman because it's, what else are you going to do against the, the man of steel? Block out the yellow sun. He's toast. <laughs> <laughs> One of the, what they end I think what ends up happening is that it's, it's uh, Superman and Diana fighting to the death and thus you get the big explosions so batman it has to wait has to sit in the, the manor as he uh as he watches diana and bruce fight it out over the sky the body there the diana that wakes up in the in the chamber it's not an incubation chamber it's a cloning chamber i think that's a clone of diana Oh, I was dang. thinking she just got beat up real bad. Well, see, oh that's it, what I thought you were leading to. If you know, if you if you get in, you know, not a bad thing. If you get into <laughs> like the DC Universe uh, storyline, like the the clone of Superman that was Superboy was a clone that didn't only had was the was a mock uh, super strength and 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 flight. He doesn't have the other superpowers that Superman has. Thus, the same reason why Di- this Diana doesn't have the same superpowers that she's used to she might she has the same memories up to a point probably before the fight with superman or something earlier that batman took dna from her from uh-huh. and he's like well someone has to live on past this apocalypse 
there's no point in me living on because I don't have a certain the certain skill to protect people. Like I will grow old, Diana will not. So to me, he grows a clone of her, hoping that she'll wake up afterwards and and set things right, protect people. But whatever goes wrong, power issues or whatever, she's stuck down there for in inside of a, a chamber. So that would explain the missing bracers. Yep. I was thinking, like I, I even saw like, if the idea with the idea of her even just having been hurt real bad past the clone thing, which I like a lot. Uh-huh. Um, like she's just like trying to use those to like fend off Superman, and Superman just like he's like a rabbit dog at this point, and he's just like like ripping them off. Like they're like they're like metal tatters at one point, and then they're just gone. Mm-hmm. And then the, also <laughs> the reason why he wouldn't like he wouldn't pick Superman's DNA to clone because. He doesn't want this to happen again. Yeah, he went crazy. (laughs) Like he doesn't want that to happen again. So that's kind of that's kind of where I was at. Also, I think the I think the the writer um, gives us a little bit of hint, kind of at that because I I feel like the 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 one uh, kind of Wonder Woman outfit that she picks looks a lot more like Wonder Girl's outfit as opposed to Wonder Woman's outfit. So to me, that I thought that was an interesting choice. I, I do. I do think that she looks young in the face, mm-hmm. in general, like rounded features. You know, um, so there's a distinct possibility. I like this theory a lot, though. Like that's <laughs> way more fleshed out than any theory I had on this one. But it kicks the shit out of what I thought. How, <laughs> however, <laughs> I, however, I also thought that uh, when they get to Themyscira, you're going to find out that the original Wonder Woman is still alive. She just retreated to Themyscira and decided to close off Paradise Island to the rest of man's world. And you'll have young clone Diana versus older uh original diana and they're gonna have to have a coming to terms of like what you were meant to be and stuff like that i'm okay. down for that i yeah. want that even um like uh different things from the second issue um i like this idea <laughs> Is it, can you, you you can tell me right now if anything that i've said can be contradicted by stuff that you've seen. you refuse uh, all together yeah. Ple- yeah, yeah, on that one yeah Go go experience it for yourself. Fair, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, on this next, the next thing that we talk about, whenever that may be, um, the second issue, I'd imagine that the third issue won't have been out yet, um, even then, because I don't know how long it takes to spin back up the entirety of Diamond, but I imagine it takes a little bit. Um, and with this being like the the legacy kind of publishing thing that they're doing, I don't imagine it'll be one they just release digitally when they first spin that stuff back up, you know? True. Um, so if there are any little tidbits that I find out uh, from Daniel Warren Johnson's new uh, YouTube channel that he just launched like a week and a half ago, which is very, very good. He got 10,000 subscribers in a day uh, from a person who like doesn't do a lot of video things. Um, but uh, yeah, like if he says any kind of tidbits on any of those things, I promise to bring those to the table. Uh, in the meantime, definitely go check out Daniel Warren's stuff across all social media, um, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. He has all of those. Uh, if you're any kind of person who is interested in making comics uh, visually or in writing, he goes into those things pretty deeply uh, in the videos that he already has posted now, along with other videos and podcasts that he's done with um, uh, Felix Comic Art, the distributor for a lot of original comic art for from some of the industry's best, like James Heron and him. Um, definitely check those things out. And then find us across social media. Mitch, where can they find 
us us as a group as a group you can find geek elite media on all social media uh as geek elite media at geek elite media on twitter at geek elite media on instagram and facebook.com forward slash geek elite media is our facebook page check out our website geek elite media.com for archived episodes of other podcasts on the geek elite media network but me personally, so, oh, yeah, yeah. No, like, I thought you were going to go into the last part there. Oh, well, so me personally, practice, I was ready for it. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Mitchipedia, G-E-M, G-E-M stands for Geekly Media. But you guys should give out your social medias as well. Ian? All right. Hi, my name is Ian. <laughs> You've heard me several times in here making bad jokes and doing bad things. But you can find me on Twitter at IanFlux12, I-A-N-F-L-U-X-1-2. That's the numbers. One, two, <laughs> Hit me on Twitter. Tell me what's up. If you have time during this pandemic, you can also come find me on Twitch. I stream almost every day, pretty much every day, unless it's Saturday, in which case I'm playing D&D on somebody else's channel. But that's twitch.tv slash Ianflux. I-A-N-F-L-U-X. That's me, baby. Mm. Uh, you can find me across all social media as either Peppermint Gentleman or Peppermint Gent for any social media that doesn't let you have that long of a name. Thank you for having joined us today. I really appreciate you guys. Like, like coming around and talking about this comic that I've been so jazzed about for so long. <laughs> it, it's good. It's good to get to talk about it. <laughs> it was fun. I, I enjoy this. <laughs> so this has Mitch- been a shift on the on overtime. So if you uh, like that, you should go definitely check out our page. Uh, but until next time, always remember to geek out. Yeah, I'm clacking out. <laughs> This concludes our broadcast. Peace.